Hello everybody, hey now. Welcome to the Sam Dean Podcast where we talk about life uncensored. The podcast is sponsored by Van Zant Coffee, the best locally roasted, best tasting coffee you can find. Order it at vanzantcoffee.com. Our podcast is also sponsored by Protein Proletas. That's P-R-O-L-E-T-A-S dot com. You can order there. We sell it at both CrossFit gyms. From now until November, you can use coupon code ROBP2020, R-O-B-P-2020, to get 10% off your order. It'll help fund local athlete Robert Perez's chance for a world record bench press attempt at the USPA National Championships in November in California. Thanks for listening today. Today we have Dan Morrow back. He was on episode number one, but he's back for episode 11. Get ready. Here we go. All right, man. I like that intro. How's it going, Dan? It's going great, man. Glad to be here. Hey, thanks for coming over. So Dan helped me. Hopefully the audio sounded a little better. Dan came over and helped me on some of the audio junkie or the audio nerd type stuff, uh, which is really awesome. So hopefully voices sound a little better. That's the goal. Definitely. Yeah, so it's about, this is the earliest podcast I've ever done, so it's about noon, 12.30 here at the Lost County Ranch Bar. Um, Dan came over, helped me with this. We got some ribs in the oven that we're heating up uh, for lunch, but we are gonna. We thought we'd do episode 11 today. I've been wanting to get Dan back in here since episode one, and uh, anyway, so thanks for being here today, man. Absolutely, Sam. You know, it's always fun to come over and hang out with you. Um, never know what we're going to get into. That's kind of an adventure with Sam Dean. That's what I love about you. Well, there's no script. It's unscripted, <laughs> uncensored. Definitely, too. definitely. Um, for you guys listening, thanks, thanks for listening. I had I have a bunch of listeners, man. I, if you're the the four people in Japan that have been listening, uh, I don't really know how to, you know, obviously you you speak English uh, if you're listening to the show. So thank you for listening from Japan. Got some people in Ireland, Russia, United Kingdom. Obviously, Andy Lambert is the guy I know in the UK. I think he's been listening. Um, and then some Italy, Czech Republic. These are probably army buddies or just some random person that somehow found the podcast. But thank you, you international listeners. Appreciate it. Oh, when you're putting out good content, people are going to get a hold of it. That's that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, man. It's some great content. Um, so... What's been going on in your world, man? Man, you know, um, work and uh, family, kids. Uh, we had we had the COVID. That's what I was hoping you were going to bring up, yeah, man. We had the COVID. You had the coronavirus. I had the coronavirus. Uh, it was. Uh, I guess the worst part about it was just being quarantined and isolated. Give me play by play. All right, where, where do you think you got it? Obviously, doesn't matter, but. When did you know that you had it? Okay, uh, here's the scary thing about it, though, and I I can see why this is a concern. I got, I stayed up late Sunday night with my brother-in-law, late, like two in the morning, Mm -hmm. and we had been drinking. So, woke up Monday morning, hungover, feeling tired. Had to go to Van Horn out west, nine-hour drive on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So, during the drive, I felt like shit. I was like, ah, man, what's wrong with me? I guess I'm still hungover. I'm almost 40, hardcore hangover, stayed up past midnight. All those things, I'm like, in my mind, 
I'm, I'm getting old. Giant hangover. Yeah, it's yeah. a giant hangover. It's a two or three day lingering hangover. Yeah. Get to Van Horn. <clears throat> I go to in the, in the RV that night. I go to bed early. Wake up in the middle of the night, sweating. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's that's odd. Um, didn't feel like I had fever, but I probably had a low grade fever. So Tuesday was the first day I had an actual symptom, but I really didn't think anything of it because it was such a minor thing. Um, come back home Wednesday, mm-hmm. saw you, mm-hmm. worked out, yep. struggled through the workout, felt tired, thought I was still hungover. Because other than just being tired and mm-hmm. a little bit sore and achy, that was it. Fast forward all the way through to Saturday. We were getting ready to come to the 9 a.m. Saturday workout, mm-hmm. grabbed a cup of uh, Van Zandt coffee, which is my favorite coffee, and it's, you know, Thank it's you. really flavorful. Thank you for that. So when I take a drink of it and it tastes like water, I called Don immediately and I said, Don, did you even put any grounds in the coffee maker? I thought maybe she just made yeah. a pot of of water, hot water. She's like, no, it was super strong. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, so I'd lost my taste of, of or sense of taste and I lost my sense of smell. Couldn't smell, couldn't taste. What's that like? It, <laughs> it's wild. Because when you told me you lost your sense of taste and smell, I immediately ran to my bedroom and went in my bathroom and got my deodorant and put it up to my nose. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. thank God I could smell that, you know, Old Spice, whatever the hell it is, sport or whatever. Well, that was the telltale. And that's what's scary about it. Like if I had a got around somebody that, which I wasn't, I mean, I knew I could be sick and I knew because of all this to be careful. I didn't get around my wife's grandparents or Anybody like that, but no, you, you guys, you guys were quarantined for like a month. Yeah, that's that's what happened. So we had to quarantine for ten days. Once mm-hmm. I got it, and mm-hmm. the ten days did fortunately start on that Tuesday when I had symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I was able to quarantine all the way through to the following ten day mark. Mm-hmm. After you've quarantined, then you have to go one more day with zero symptoms. Which my symptoms st- they stopped at day seven. Yeah, but now the no taste, no smell thing that lingered on for. Which is a symptom. Yeah, yeah, right up till my 10-day mark. Yeah. Day 11, woke up, could taste, smell. Um, so what other, you couldn't taste or smell, but did it hurt? I mean, what else did it happen? Um, on, the, on the Wednesday through the um, Friday, my lower back ached, just couldn't get comfortable. Yeah. And uh, one day I pretty much slept all day. Mm-hmm. Which I attributed that to to being tired from that Sunday night of staying up late, mm-hmm. you know, drinking. I just thought, man, I'm really tired. I just slept all day. But that turns out to be a symptom of COVID fatigue. Yeah. And you're, you know, 39 years old, in good shape, no history of disease or anything. I no, mean, I'm healthy. And I've, healthy. I've been crossfitting for three years, yeah. so I'm in really good. I was in really good physical shape. Mm-hmm. Still am. Um which I think is why it probably didn't affect me as bad as it has some, but. And then, so, and Don was with you, quarantining with you, your wife, and she didn't have, she didn't test positive until after you, you, your, your thing was supposedly over and then y'all quarantined again for her. Right. Is we ended up true? taking, yeah. yeah, we ended up taking a test. So that Saturday, uh, when I had no t- taste or smell, mm-hmm. Um, we ended up taking a test the following Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. We took a rapid test. She tested negative. Mm-hmm. I tested positive. We were like, oh, well, they say, you know, your what most. Kind of test was it? It was, was it, a rapid. Was it anal or? It was, uh, it was one knuckle deep anal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. No, what uh, kind of test was it? It really? was a rapid test. It what, was, what does that mean? Rapid. So, well, they have several different tests. They have the, uh. The one test, they stick a swab up your nose, yeah. and they send it off. It takes four days, which is mm-hmm. worthless in my opinion because in that four-day period, you can easily contract and show symptoms, and then you get a false negative because mm-hmm. if you don't know – if you're not really getting symptomatic, you get a you get a false negative, you run around, you give it to everybody right. else. The rapid test is the way to go. It's more expensive. It's fast, obviously, by the 15 name. minutes. What is that? How do you test that? So they take um, – some kind of, I don't know what it is. It's a dropper. They they pour this they, this drops of this chemical on this thing. It's like a pregnancy test, really. Mm-hmm. Then they take a swab, swab your nose, stick mm-hmm. it in there, jam it around a little bit, stick the swab onto the into the little pouch where it reacts with that chemical, mm-hmm. and then there's a clear strip on top that either shows two lines if you're pregnant with Corona mm-hmm. or one line, if you're not pregnant, if with you're corona. not pregnant with Corona, <laughs> it's yeah. what it looked like. It looked identical to a, uh, a pregnancy test. In fact, I think I've got a, uh, I wonder when they're going to have like picture. Corona announcement parties where people like either shoot something with Tannerite. And then if it's pink, you have Corona. If it's blue, I mean, it's probably not even, that's not, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is just because, well, all right. What are you yeah. looking for? The I was going to show you a picture of yeah. the actual test. Um, I can, yeah, I can kind of imagine that. But it, it, it's this is the government issued test. This is the one that the government. So where did you get the test? Uh, but buddy of mine, uh, there it is, right there. Yeah. Buddy of mine works. You know him. Yeah. Uh, he works over in Tyler at a nursing facility. And, and he brought the test. Yeah. To you. Okay. Yeah. He's got stacks of them. And it, this was an Abbott test. Yeah. Um, worked worked really good. Yep. So, tested that on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. By the following uh, Saturday, I had no symptoms. I was good. So, I decided to go ahead and quarantine through that next Tuesday, just mm-hmm. to be safe. Yeah. And the whole time, Dawn is telling me how her immune system is far superior to mine. <laughs> I constantly get sick. She doesn't get sick. She's in better shape, you know, she's just hammering away at me and I'm just feeling really insecure (laughs) about who I am in life. And then she wakes up that Monday morning and, uh, feeling fine, but Mm -hmm. she's got a stuffy nose. She goes out to eat with our daughter and they go to a Mexican joint in in town and she's just dumping the salt on there and saying, man, does y'all's food taste bland? And he's like, no, ours is really good. Oh, man. So yeah. she comes home, freaked out. And I was like, well. Another test. Yeah, yeah. So she goes to Tyler the next morning, gets a rapid test, positive. So she then started all over with the quarantine and quarantined yeah. all the way up through yesterday was our first day we could get out. So that's been collectively about a month and a week. So, of, so what do you tell somebody that, that – it wakes up thinking they're, they might have it or start, can't taste anything. What do you need to do? Quarantine. First of all, get away from people. If you can't taste or smell, you got the virus. Yeah. It's the telltale sign 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, there's just no bones about it. If you want to pay 200 bucks and go get a rapid test to tell you something you already know, do it. But otherwise, just quarantine for 10 days. And in, in the 10-day period, if you get your your smell and your your taste back and you're not feeling any other symptoms, go one more day to that 11th day mm-hmm. and you're good. Yeah. But if you want to know for sure, I mean, you can go pay 200 bucks and get it. But like I said, that's... We, both tests were confirming something we already knew. We knew when we lost our taste, we had COVID. We went and got the test, and immediately they were positive. So, yeah, I, I took the first test, and we we already had a benchmark right there. So when Dawn knew it, she knew she had COVID. So, hmm. okay. Well, now you guys are COVID free. Is there are the rumors true? I know you you're basically Dr. Fauci at this point. Can you get it again? All of the research i've done no you can't get it again now the caveat is they say you can't get it again you're immune but they do not know how long the immunity lasts kind of like a flu vaccine you know when Mm -hmm. you get the flu vaccine you become immune but how long does that immunity last yeah um, before your the virus is reintroduced as contagious as this thing is and as easy as it's passed around you're going to be probably exposed to a lot which if you're immune I would. Have, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I would think that the immunity would did would you, keep up. Do you have any diarrhea? I did. Yeah, I I, I blew the toilet up but, like but water. It wasn't normal. Diarrhea. No, 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 no. It was like how many days? One day, one 24-hour period. My stomach was upset. Explosive diarrhea. Okay, because you're known to have just diarrhea from a late night booze bender. Well, I mean, last time I went to the doctor, I was like, hey, I got chronic diarrhea. And he's like, well, tell me about your diet. And I was like, well, I've been eating diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> no, but right. yeah, you get a you get a late night booze, drink some, yeah. you slip a Bud Light in there, oh, instant gosh. diarrhea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's go on. Let's move on. So. I do want to say this. Now that I've been over the corona for two quarantine time time yeah. lapses, I started uh, back to CrossFit yesterday. It was my first day back. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially felt normal as can be, but I did notice after I dove into the workout, mm-hmm. my stamina was pretty bad. I felt very, uh, I guess, depressed because I've been doing a, a you know CrossFit for almost four years, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm very fit for my age and I'm, you know, I stay consistent in the top 10 of, yeah, you took a month off though. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, and the coronavirus does attack your lungs. Is that right? Yeah. Or, well, it, yeah, I never had any upper respiratory issues Yeah. to speak of at all. Like I didn't, but I did notice when we did that cardio workout mm-hmm. on uh, Tuesday, my lungs felt like they were on fire quick Yeah. into the workout. Yeah. Which they shouldn't feel like they're on fire unless your throat and your lungs, it, when you when you breathe really rapidly, you know, which is normal in CrossFit workouts, you, you're you're going to be taxed, no doubt. But something was off, for sure. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think you'll get that back soon. But I also noticed that the tissue in my muscles felt weird, mm-hmm. felt unusually weak, not like missing some workouts or missing a month's worth of workouts, like unusually weak, like my body had has put all its resources somewhere else for the moment. Yeah. And now I'm getting back. I went and worked out again yesterday. 
felt a little bit better than I did the day before. Mm-hmm. So I think give it a week or two, I'll probably be close to okay. feeling back to normal. Yeah, I think so. I've been dealing with my knee. I got a patella tendon just sore as hell on my left knee, and we've got that 100-mile race coming up. I did, We did 20 miles two day, on Monday, and, man, my thing – my knee has been sore as hell, so I'm trying to go to the rusty doctor, Lee Newman and Forney, and get him to work on my leg. But I got to get that feeling better. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna put a damper on my mileage for sure. How'd the twenty feel? The twenty felt great. Uh, I was telling Bug that's the easiest twenty miles I've ever ran. The other day, like we were just chit chatting the entire time. It felt like no time we were back here at the house. I mean, it took us four hours. I think something like that, but we were trying to stay under a 21 minute pace. We yeah. we, were, we ran like a 14 minute mile pace and that includes like the stops that we, you know, we had us cooler stashed on, on, uh, what's the road by the, your RV park there? Uh, 858. 858 over there across from, across from, we have a cooler stashed over mm-hmm. there. That's kind of the halfway point. So we stopped and, you know, ate a couple of bars you know whatever those bars are and uh refilled our water and uh a couple of times we had to like answer our cell phones like business calls so we started walking right. you know, and we walked the hills all the hills all the major hills we walked so the problem is is like you know when i run from canton crossfit van zant to my house like the 20 miler it's county roads so it's easy to run on like this, this West Virginia track is going to be trail and there's going to be freaking climbs and rocks. And so it's not going to be, I think I'm going to take my, my, my hiking poles just to help me move mm-hmm. and help, help my arms move and help, yeah. help me come down hills and stuff because, you know, 21 minute mile for 30, you know, for 32 hours apparently is a hundred miles. So you get 32 hours to finish and are you planning on stopping for any kind of sleep or just no no yeah. no no sleep at all but there's there's obviously multiple points where you get food they have like quesadillas and potatoes and, mm-hmm. and rest stops and stuff and you refuel your water change your batteries because you're gonna be going all night oh so yeah it starts at 7 30 a.m but you're gonna be going through that day all night long and you'll finish the next morning sometime between there and noon i guess yeah so, you know, after 33 miles, I've hit a PR. I honestly want to fin- I want to finish 100. Like, yeah, I want to yeah, get the yeah. belt buckle. I want to just be done with it. I'm going to do everything I can to finish 100. Like I'm I think I can. I I think cuz I think this is what I think. I'm doing this for one just to test myself to see how far I can go safely, right? How far I can go running. Because I don't care I'm give a crap about how fast I can go. I used to be I used to care about that when I was younger, I guess. Now it's like how far can you go until you just can't walk anymore? Like mm-hmm. period. Ranger school did that for for soldiers, they do that in Ranger school and it's a great awesome thing. But a 100-mile race is like I mean, you you go through like emotional highs, lows, people are crying. I was reading this article in Outside magazine about your first 100-miler and he's like, "Man, you you're going to cry. You're going to like probably shit yourself or like, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have to stop and poop, you know, which 
honestly, that 30 mile Spartan we did, I pooped, uh, in the woods and I had my gloves, had my mechanics gloves. So I buried my poop with the mechanics glove. I used my glove, the backside of it to wipe my butt. Mm -hmm. It's glamorous. Um, yeah. We, um, so anyway, I want to see how far I can get, but after, after 33 miles, man, it's just mental after that. Cause your body hurts after my body hurts after 20. It took me two days to get over the the run on Monday. But th when I go 32 miles, if I run to Ath from Canton to Athens, when I stop, man, I'm done. Like 32 miles, it hurts. It hurts to walk around. I walk around like an old man, and, you know, just real gingerly. My, my legs are all stove up. But anything on top of that, so now i got to go 70 more, basically. But then it's just like, how fast can I walk? slash jog on a good if i see a good straightaway i'm gonna jog it jog downhill you know but you know it's just it's just mentally moving because obviously i know i can quit at any time you know yada 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 so it's just a mental game after that how bad do you want to suffer and and if you're too slow they, they'll pull you you know you get to a thing too late or whatever and they'll pull you you're done I know Boog Farrell can do a hundred, and I don't. I hope that he he doesn't get slowed down by me early on, you know, because I think he's trying to run with me, and I'm like, dude, don't run with me. But then at the same time, I want him to run with me because I just don't want to be so lonely. Well, having somebody there is a huge advantage on finishing yeah. the race. Just oh, period. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, he he can run sixty. You know, he can run sixty really fast. You know, or whatever, but. It's just a, you know, like you're going to have to take your shoe off, squeeze out the pus out of a blister, put Vaseline on it and wrap it in the athletic tape and put your shoe back on. Yep. And I'm probably going to have a, a change of shoes too, just to get, get blisters in different mm -hmm. spots, you know? Yeah. Cause like that's how hardcore it is. Uh, you know, probably going to lose some toenails over it, which it's okay. My feet look like crap anyway and they're nasty, but um, I've got hot toenail too long. Your toenail too long. I've got hobbit feet. Now, uh, <laughs> so on Howard's turn the other day, I can't find it. I've been looking on the internet to find a clip of it. It's the funniest thing. He he said his, he's humiliated. He was 10 years old. His mom took him to some karate, some karate dojo. And they were put, or it was at a fair or something. And they were putting on this, this promo. And so they had all their best students come out and like fight and everything and do flips and throw people. And they had some kids there watching, and Howard was one. He was there with his mom. And he goes, all right. And so now it's time for the kids to come up and, like, practice, like, a strike or throw somebody. And they said, all right, take kids, take your shoes off and come on the mat. And uh, Howard took his shoes off. And the sensei came over and stopped him. He goes, no, your toenail too long. You hurt other kid. <laughs> He said he was humiliated. He's ten. He can't even do the karate because his toenails are too uh, long. And his mom, his mom's like, Howard, why did you let your toenails get that? I mean, you're going to grab him out in front of everybody. That was the funniest damn port of, of the Stern show lately. And uh, anyway, so George, I told George his toenail too long, and he starts. He says it all the time. Uh, I always say, man, I love you, and you're great, and you're a great kid, but you toenail too long. And, uh, man, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've tried to catch that one. I've yet to yeah. hear it, man. I'm, 
Always listening. Yeah, it, man, it, it was good. Um, have you seen the Saturday Night Live a promo, the cold opening with... It was Trump and Biden. It, Alec Baldwin is Trump, but Jim Carrey is Joe Biden. I have not seen it. Oh, my goodness. Is it good? If you haven't seen it, Jim Carrey, obviously, is a talent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is he going to look like Fire Marshal Bill, you know, or, or Ace Ventura? You know, mm-hmm. he looks so much like Joe Biden. <laughs> they, they, the makeup and everything, the yeah, hair. yeah. And his face, there's a certain point where he looks at the camera, and he looks just like Joe Biden. And it is amazing, and it's funny. And there's one there's one part of the cold opening where Trump, you know, he, Trump, you know, during the thing was interrupting him like all the time, right? Hundred fifty something it's times. Annoying. <laughs> but he uh, had a laser pointer, and at one point Biden's trying to talk, and there's like a laser on him. He's like, "What is this? What is this?" <laughs> and Trump's over there with the laser pointer. But then, like Jim Carrey, like goes into he acts, acts like a cat, like he's chasing it, like. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny this is what I don't know why didn't Chris Wallace why don't they have a mixer and why don't they turn the microphones off I don't know why don't they go okay President Trump you have two minutes and turn Biden's microphone off give him two minutes and then say okay respond I would assume boom boom that they can't do that with him so close in the room uh, they're literally right there together. Yeah. So he can still blast him and distract him. And well, either I, way, I'm gonna do this, Fox or whoever the hell's doing it. Put them far enough away. Put the camera on each one of them. But we can't have these interruptions. Like, have it to where they can hear it in real time, so they can respond. But it needs to be, you know, like the interruption game. That that's a whole other form of of debate that where you don't follow rules and you just try to over talk. And I think it's, you know, it's crappy to do that. I, I just, I don't like it. Um, it's not civilized debate. It's just, to me, it's just bullying and you know, whatever. Well, on top of that, none of the content really hits the end user because it's overshadowed. You can't yeah. even hear it. It's right. It's, it, and it's it, hard to watch. And it becomes who can interrupt who, you know, yeah. it's like, man, it's terrible. Um, so, you know, if I'm moderating this thing, I'm turning microphones off and then everybody's going to get their chance to speak and, you know, whatever. We can go back and forth as much as we need to go back and forth. But, you know, you need to hear complete thoughts. And, you know, the freaking, that's why I was hoping they were going to get to do it on Joe Rogan, you know, because it's it's like a, it could be two or four hours long. And, the, you know, you could you could sit there and have a real conversation instead of like two minutes worth because when somebody puts you on the timer for two minutes, man, everything's rehearsed. Everything's just, cause I've did it. I did a debates when I was running for Congress and it was like, okay, say everything that you know about immigration right now. You know, it's like, Oh man, you don't have any time for time for real discussion. So nobody gets the, the real thing. It's just the candid response, the, the canned response. Um, just like being interviewed on the news or, or anybody's show on TV, that you only get so much time and you can't really get out the entire thoughts. That's why podcasts are cool. Again, I, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I would love to see Rogan host it. Yeah. I think Rogan could handle them 
as far as the over-talking, a lot yeah. better than Chris Wallace. No offense to Chris Wallace. I just yeah. – Rogan's just really, really good at what he does, and um, I'd love to I'd love to hear that. I think that time frame, too, would give us a real sense of who and what. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously voting for Trump. I hate Trump, though. Like, as far as a person – and let me tell you why. It, and, and you know, who knows what's true, but, you know, having to tell my, I remember when he got elected, having to tell my son, like, yeah, Donald Trump's president, um, you know, of course, Hillary Clinton's just as bad, you know, Biden apparently is just as bad, but, you know, the article comes out about, you know, all the stuff he's done to women with, with, you know, grab them by the P, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And it's just, it's not a role model. Like, I want the president to be a role model for kids and, and for Americans, you know. Um, I do like how he's a, you know, a business guy. However, you know, like, he started with $40 million from his dad. And he's bought and sold real estate, which, you know, has probably been more successful than most people. But, you know, there's an article in The Guardian in The, in the Atlantic about how he talks about soldiers and how it calls them losers and why why are they in the military he's too smart to be in the military and that really hurt me but and you know they say oh that's all untrue well there has to be a little truth to it to even start something like that um and that pissed me off um you know it pissed me off when he talked about john mccain you know say what you want about john mccain you know sometimes he would vote on the side of the democrats for certain things even even though being Republican, but this guy, you know, okay, take John McCain. His dad was a was a general, uh, or an admiral or whatever. But he was shot down in Vietnam. Was a prisoner of war, freaking hero, and like you know, Trump's in the name of politics making fun of the guy, you know. And it's like, man, you can't make fun of John McCain. No, like, no, like, I agree. Um. And Trump had bone spurs, hill spurs, couldn't go to Vietnam, you know, which, of course, I wouldn't want to go to Vietnam either. But, you know, don't don't not go to Vietnam and then talk about somebody that was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And, um, you know, and that's it, man. But, you know, being a Republican president, you know, I'm, I'm for more things than than I'm against. Um, but. You know, they really, anyway, in this, in this election, I'm obviously voting for Donald Trump. Um, but I just, I just wish, I just want him to be better. That's, that's period. That's what it, that's what it is. I'm disappointed in the system of how we got to Donald Trump and we got to Joe Biden. Why <laughs> on earth is that our only two choices for yeah. presidency? That's the highest office in the land. I know for a fact there's higher qualified, better folks on both sides yeah. that would do, they would be better, but they had no way to get there. Yeah. And that's a disappointment. And the thing, and unfortunately, I think the thing, you know, like when you get somebody that's so good, like you're talking about, I don't think they want that job because the job sucks, man. They, you get, no matter what people are going to, half people are going to hate you and the half the people are going to, uh, try to skew and try to manipulate every piece of news to make it a bad thing, you know, 
how they do to everybody, like how they do to the Supreme Court justices that get appointed, they drag them through the mud, you know, um, which they should definitely scrutinize these people, but, you know, not just solely for political. Well, I, I was reading a book the other day, um, and they, the guy in the book talks about it a little bit. He was visiting with an actual campaign manager of a past campaign. He said he literally saw his clients. He did this for a career. Mm-hmm. The strongest of the strong at points just break down, lose their shit, yeah. crying because they're con- they're constantly under assault. And he said he's done uh, hundreds of them, but mm-hmm. they do actually just make shit up nonstop. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. make shit up just to yeah. keep, keep your focus off whatever else right no uh, it's dirty man. dealing with that all the time man is uh it's dirty and you know the way that he is he has to be that way a lot of times to to try to fend off some of that stuff and i get that too um i just wish we had a better person you know and and say what you want he is doing a lot of good, but you know, it's, it's also very polarizing and, and doing a lot of bad for the future. Um, well, I'm definitely voting Trump because his, his platform is conservative and it's, it goes with the business it's pro business values that I have the smaller government, mm-hmm. less taxes. Um, I, I just, that's the way I believe. I believe in personal accountability. Yeah. Um, I feel as a, a business owner, cause like I'm, I'm always behind like vote for somebody that's like you mm-hmm. the most because they're going to take care of you the most. Now I'm not like Trump being as I'm not rich like Trump, but I am a business owner. I'm business minded. I have a bunch of small businesses. I want somebody that's going to reduce my taxes and stay out of my way. I'm also a veteran. I'm, I want to take care of veterans, you know, what yada, yada, yada. But that's what it seems. It seems looking at it that, that the democratic party wants to have more regulation as, you know, as they, they say, you know, more regulations, raise my taxes. Um, think it's okay for protesters to burn my business down or damage my property, which I don't like. Um, I'm also, I also realize racism is a real thing and it's, it's terrible. Um, but I think I think burning people's businesses and is not the right answer. It's it's letting letting homeless people come in and live on your property or or anywhere in these cities and not taking care of the groups and putting them in a, a homeless shelter or regulating them somehow will make businesses close down and the cities get worse and worse and new business won't pop up. So it'll never be nice and prosperous it'll just go get worse and worse and worse and you know you feel like conservative politicians are kind of against that you feel like democratic liberal politicians are more you know kind of jockeying behind that it, um 
Here's so. a here's a narrative I want to talk to you about because you're a business guy. I'm tired of the narrative being spewed out there by liberal people and liberal candidates and that if you own a business or you're a corporation, mm-hmm. that you're this greedy monster yeah. who is rich and trying to take from everyone. And that's yeah. a huge – that's what you hear, the, the top – we're going to tax the rich. We're going to tax, 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 tax. Mm-hmm. We're going to tax the corporations. We're going to tax the the businesses. Well, there are greedy ones. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. owning a business is, it's hard. Yeah. Well, it's working 80 hours a week for 40 hour a week pay, really yeah. owning your own business. But, you know, I like owning my own business. However, you you pay more taxes at the, in the even though you might pay less taxes as a business, you know you still you pay business tax, your corporation corporate tax, you, then you pay tax on your personal, you know, and you have to you know, if you own your business you got to pay property tax, then you have to pay payroll tax for your employees. But yeah, speaking of, mm-hmm. employees, everyone out there that's never owned a business, you're just working for an hourly wage and you're crying because you want more money per hour. Talk to your government. It costs the business, the business that we're all in together. Um, it costs whatever you're getting paid an hour, plus whatever tax you pay. The government government forces the business to pay the same amount of tax. If I didn't have to pay that tax, I could either hire more people or pay you more per hour. We could put that money right back in your pocket. But mm-hmm. we can't because the government's forcing us to match your tax on top of the corporate tax and on top of the personal income tax I must pay. So I'm very, yeah, very much against tax. that. Payroll, payroll tax is crap. It's crap. It's it's terrible. But uh, you know, the way I look at it is is biz- somebody has a dream of starting a business, so they work all hours of the night, work extra hours for the first the early years, the hard part where they make zero money and they work a side job to pay or a, they work a, a full time job some for somebody else and they start their business on the side, like I did, and you you suffer you struggle you miss you miss all these fun things everybody else is doing you have no time off you risk your life savings to start this business and then one day you get big enough to hire one person well you just created a life for this one person you created a stability and you created a paycheck for this one person working for you but you you created that spot out of thin air that wasn't there before and that person might, you know, they provide for their family with that money or, you know, or whatever. And, but that's all because of a risk you took and you saved up this money going into it and you could lose it all um, if you don't govern it right. And when you say tax the rich, like people that make over 400000 which, you know, is definitely not me, but if you can you can tax those people enough to where they'll just cut jobs because at the end of the day they have to make a certain amount or it's not worth them doing and it sucks you know if you're at the very bottom but man i mean you have the every opportunity well i won't say that but you have um you know you can go out and start a business you know cutting lawns or or doing something on your own and you see how hard it is to to get something that that has enough, generates enough revenue where you can hire an employee or, or five employees or, or 10 employees. And it's very challenging. And 
I don't think the answer of taxing those people more, the, the, the real answer is spend less on other BS that the government spends it on. It, you know, the government is just, it's not a thing. It's just other people. So when they come in and say, oh, you've got to have a, you got to be taxed on this, or you got to have this or that, man, it's just other people telling you how to spend your money. All the money that you pay in taxes and property taxes and all these taxes, they get decided by your peers. Other Americans decide what to spend that money on, whether it's necessary things like, you know, maybe you know, we can argue what, what's necessary, but roads, uh, police officers, firemen to help us, you know, and, or school or, or, or you name it, the military, or is it building a library or in somebody's name or like a statue or some, you know, organization that, that's funded by the, you know, <laughs> that somebody's family works for that's, that's, that's ludicrous or, you know, so the, the size of government will always increase. So if they have a budget, they agree on a budget. They're never going to spend less than that budget. They're going to spend that exact amount, maybe even more. But the next year, they're going to have to, if they started all these things, they're not going to underspend. They're going to spend that same amount and even more because now they're going to add stuff to it. Because if they created a budget and they spent actually less than the budget, then they messed up, they messed up doing the budget. They're not going to say that. So the, the, the size of the government's always going to increase to fit the budget. And I, the answer is just spend less. And it's, man, this is a hard thing. It's just like a, it's a, it's this bottomless pit of your money going away. We, we have a good example of what taxing the rich does. The rich move. California is imposed the highest tax margins on the rich. And guess what? 30% of their tax base has moving out of California this year alone. Yeah. Well, what you, happens when they all move? You, you know, you have the wildfire, you have the, the crazy shutdowns, uh, which obviously coronavirus is real. You had it. Um, but shutting people's businesses down is not, a, not the answer. And I don't care about masks. Like I'll wear a mask, like mask do not bother me. It's when the businesses were shut down. My business was shut down for two and a half months. Thankfully, 65% of my members kept paying me and kept loyalty alone. Just, I'll never be able to thank these people enough. But they saved CrossFit Van Zant because they didn't just say, I'm, I'm leaving. You know, a lot, a lot of people did. But most people didn't. And saved my business, saved my family. Thank you, guys. And, um, but, you know, our two-week shutdown turned into two and a half months. And there are some bars out there that are still shut down. And I just heard today that the wind-down is going to open back up today, actually. That's what I heard, too. So that's great news. I feel like it was um, a knee-jerk reaction. And uh, unfortunately, we've become a culture of fear. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's all the time on the news. Fear, fear, fear. You should be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Yeah, because it sells, you know, it yeah. sells news cycles, sell fear, and obviously sex sells in the in the entertainment industry. But yeah, fear, and you know, when you're a politician, you know, fear of like China or Russia or of the other uh, political party will take people's mind off, you know, whatever they're thinking about. You know, we always have an adversary going on. You know, whether it's 
bin Laden, you know, there's terrorism or it's China or it's Russia or, or whatever. But yeah, fear. I contribute it to what it really is at its core. It's manipulation. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're up there spouting on the fear of what could be, mm-hmm. you're trying to manipulate the person you're talking to. Yeah. Because you don't know. It might not even happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're using that as a hardcore platform, you're trying to manipulate them. You're trying to take control of the way they're thinking about a situation to get the outcome that you want. Yeah. And that's called, I mean, that's fear mongering. That's, mm-hmm. it's dangerous. And it, it, unfortunately, a lot of people just buy right into it and they get scared. They don't, yeah. I mean. So I think that Republicans, our party now, takes advantage of Christians, like, because it's with the abortion thing, you know, anti-abortion, I'm against abortion personally, but we use that to, like, when I was running for Congress in the primary, there was eight of us running for the Congress seat here, 5th Congressional District, every debate we had was focused on abortion. All eight of us are against abortion, but who was against abortion the most? And then, you know, whenever, say whoever won, Lance Gooden ended up winning because, you know, Lance was, had an had a, uh, abortion pack behind him. Bunny Pounds had an abortion pack behind her. Sam Dean got third place, didn't have any packs. But these abortion packs, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not a million dollars to them because of their stance on abortion. But this is just a group of people that are against abortion, too, that say, well, I guess you're against abortion. Let me give you a hundred thousand to five hundred to a million dollars for your campaign, and you you can say you're certified through Texas Right to Life or or whatever. Well, that means whenever they get into office, Texas Right to Life can use them to do whatever the hell they want, not even related to abortion. And they're going to have to just say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I'll do whatever you want because you gave me a million dollars. That's crazy. And we're going to vote for him because we're Christian. We're going to say, oh, well, you know, let's say, let's say Biden's a bad example. Let's say like Tulsi Gabbard won the Democratic Party and she's going against Trump. Tulsi Gabbard has been deployed to overseas twice. She's a soldier. She's very smart. She's a congressman woman from um, Hawaii. She's a minority. Uh, I really like her. I like the heck out of her. But she's a Democrat. Yep. And she's not against abortion. <laughs> so I got to vote for the Republican, man. You could have the Republican. Could, what if the Republican's a child molester, but he's against abortion? And the Democrat's this great Tulsi Gabbard, but she's for pro-choice. Who are you voting for? Ooh, now we're in a dilemma. Most people around here are still voting Republican. Even though this piece of garbage is a child molester, but he's against abortions. So Republicans use Christians on the abortion deal to get all the other crap passed through. Democrats, though, use, I, I believe they use minorities and poor people this in the same type of way. How, well, all Republicans are rich, old white guys, and how can you be for them? They, they're, they're racist, you know, they don't want to help you. They're racist. They don't want to help you. You're not the business owners. You're not the, you know, 
we need more entitlements over here. Um, they don't like marijuana. You love marijuana, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like the, the thing, I don't know, you know, and if it was up to me, marijuana would be legal in Texas and gambling would also be legal because, you know, how much money goes to Oklahoma or Shreveport or Bossier City. What I don't like in Texas, I guess it's the politics uh, damn episode, but <laughs> I, I was going to like never talk about politics, but why don't we use, why don't we legalize marijuana? Because like there's so many, like we've already got CBD, there's so many health benefits, yada, yada, yada. There's people, I mean, there's, you don't even know how many people are going to California and Oklahoma to buy marijuana and then bring it back. But same with gambling. Why don't we just legalize that, tax it, use that money to get rid, to get rid or uh, subsidize your primary home's property insurance. Sorry, not property insurance, property tax. Like, use it. That's what the Texas lottery is supposed to supposedly defund school. But, you know, like that, our property tax are getting out of control, especially with all these people moving in from California and paying gun godly amounts for these places around here. Speaking of education, schools and then, you know, money and fiscal responsibility of why does the government not be responsible with money? Yeah. We don't teach our kids to be responsible with money in school. Right. There's very little instruction about actually yeah. being responsible with money, b creating a budget, living by that budget, paying, you know, spending less than you make. I never learned anything saving, in school about that. Balance, yeah. I mean, credit cards. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn, I, I had to learn about credit cards and debt the through, the, the, through the school of hard knocks. Yeah, the hard <laughs> you way, know? yeah. Why aren't we teaching that? So yeah. we don't teach it to our kids. We don't teach it in school. Then we grow these people up. They go through college. They become politicians. And they still don't know how. Their, their households. Yeah, and they're government employees. They're government employees. They're deciding where our tax dollars go. But yet, I bet if you looked at their budgets and their household spending, I bet they spend every dollar they make. And if they were to lose their position or lose their job, they would lose everything they had within a month. Yeah. Well, I don't know, know that to be true, but I know yeah, the majority of, of Americans live ab above their means. When I was in the army, like, I got paid well. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have to worry about health care, like health insurance. Um, they told me how much time I could take off. I just had to work all the time. And I made, you know, I was an officer, I was a captain. When I was a captain in the army, man, I made a lot of money, it, it seems. So when I got out, now I had no health insurance. Um, started my business. Me and Ashley are married. We didn't have a kid yet. And um, so I had to figure out, okay, what happens if we get sick? So we, we had to buy health insurance. Well, turns out health insurance for Ashley and health insurance for Ashley and George is like $845 a month. Now we have to buy, we still buy, we still pay for that. $845 a month just for health insurance, and we hardly ever go to the the doctor. Well, George went to it a lot when he was uh, had asthma real bad when he was a kid, but I didn't learn any financial stuff. All the financial stuff I learned from my grandfather and my dad, and which was great. If, if I can recommend any, there's a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
it's kind Reddit, of a, yeah. it's a famous book but it talks about you know fear of the you know government kind of what we talked about but like how to you know build wealth in a way and um it's essentially what my grandfather and my and my dad taught me early on but it's a great it's a great book um it's really easy to read it's really it makes a lot of sense but i was fortunate to have them talk to me about that and like say like never use credit cards you know all these things and um i saved money when i was in afghanistan i didn't have to pay taxes and Ashley moved in with my parents. So I took had an entire year of salary saved. So when I got out, and that's where I bought my first rental property with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I got the down payment for. And I, and I actually started CrossFit with. So if you don't have the opportunity to go to Afghanistan for a year and get shot at, you have to live without a certain portion of your money and save it in order to use that as leverage for something in the future. And it's hard to get, make a lot of money unless you want to make a lot of money when you're 90. But as far as like saving for like with like a CD or like buying like a mutual fund, like you'll have a lot of money when you're 90. But like in the meantime, it's hard to, it's hard to accumulate a bunch of, bunch of money unless you start a business or you, um, build like a, a real estate portfolio or or something of that nature it's hard to just work for somebody and and you know for especially for minimum wage or for you know whatever so you know education and all these things um i didn't go to college i started in construction mm-hmm. making five dollars and 15 cents an hour yep i got i had i got married don we had four kids i I was making like $7 and 50 cents an hour. Um, so you were living in the Athens motel, right? We were, we were living in the, well, we stayed, <laughs> <laughs> we stayed there a couple of nights, but yeah, we moved into an apartment. It was $350 yeah. a month in rent. I drove a 1986 Nissan pickup, mm-hmm. no air condition. I mean, just, you know, an old beater. It would do good to run 65 miles an hour down the road. Um, I mean, literally we came from nothing. We didn't have any money. We didn't have anything and i worked construction and lost my job in 08 09 ish didn't have anything in my pockets and the whole time we were living we didn't save any money we had saved up a roughly 1800 dollars. yeah and that's what we started moral construction with 1800 dollars. that's nothing yeah I remember I remember when the 2008 2009 I was in Afghanistan I was in the Korangal Valley and I remember I had a fidelity when I graduated college people were like they gave us $30,000 loan 1% interest it's called a cow loan your cow year normally people buy a car or they start with savings with it because it was a 1% interest and I got that loan and I put most of it in um Fidelity mutual fund, which I found out mutual funds are dumb in my opinion later on in life, but put a lot of it in a fidelity mutual fund. And then 2008, 2009 happened. I'm in the Korangal Valley. I'm on the, in the one, the one of the four computers in there that you could get on at any time. And I looked at my fidelity account. I'm like, what the hell, man? 
It went from like $30,000 down to $7,000. I was like, man, that sucks. <laughs> so I sold it. I was like, all right, I'm getting out of this. And I was like, I just bought Apple. So I bought $7,000 in Apple. It was a, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Of course, I'm not a bazillionaire, but I, you know, I made my money back. And then some. Um, well, starting a business is hard and it's risky. But... I I was when we when we started like I said we had eighteen hundred bucks I had four kids depending on me I had a house payment vehicle payments Don and I we did the Dave Ramsey get mm-hmm. out of debt things we had amassed a lot of credit card debt because we lived we lived above our means yeah we felt entitled to go do nice things even though we didn't have the money to pay for it so we would put it on a credit card we'd pay five times what that trip or what that thing was actually worth. Mm-hmm. And it'd take us years to get out of it. So we did that final thing and we started living within our means and we made a budget. Turns out, as a human, you really don't need a lot. So our first original budget, after we paid all of our bills, Don got $20 and Dan got $20. And we got to spend that 20 on whatever we wanted. And at the time, I liked to play golf to, as a side hobby. So mm-hmm. I would save three weeks of my $20 per week that I could spend on whatever I wanted. I'd go play around the golf. Yeah. And we did that system. I'm talking up until now. We still do that system. Mm-hmm. Of course, our business grew, and now it's it does really it does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, to to take an investment of eighteen hundred bucks, and be, now we're in business almost thirteen years, and um, man, we have we live a great life. Our kids are all driving. They're in college. You know, we we have a nice house. Our house is paid for. Our, yeah. Uh, so it have, can be done. Yeah, you didn't uh, have to risk that eighteen hundred though. That was risky. I know, man. I know, dude. That was a big. I mean, eighteen hundred might as well have been a million to us at that time. Right. We went Seriously. and sold. I, I sold yeah. our boat. We had a we had a crappy old boat. I mean, it was nice to us. It was a five thousand dollar boat, man. Mm-hmm. We sold it, <laughs> and we lived on it while yeah. we were trying to get the business off the ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm in heavy construction, so. A dozer at the time, you know, seventy five, eighty thousand. It was out of unattainable. I couldn't even yeah. couldn't get financing to even buy one. So I had to rent, which cut my profit margins to be competitive down to nothing. Yeah. So it was either sacrifice all these things we thought we had to have, all these entitlements, mm-hmm. or it was live like nobody else, so that we could in the future live like nobody else. And that's that's yeah. was our goal. We didn't go out. We didn't we didn't do anything. For yeah. years, but you still work very hard, Heck and, and yeah. I do too. I, I I wake up at four in the morning usually, and I usually work till seven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I do what I love, though. You love building stuff. I you know I love exercise. I love roasting coffee, which that part's great. You got to do something that you enjoy, otherwise you're not going to last. You're going to keep going from thing to thing. So. Try to find. I don't. I don't know what. What is this episode titled, man? Politics and like. This is just. I I think it comes back to to being the best human being you can. The best human beings, in my opinion, are the ones that make the mm-hmm. best out of their situation. Yeah. If it's if I if somebody dropped me out of a helicopter in the middle of nowhere, I hope I'm the kind of person that mm-hmm. can be so resourceful. I can make the best out of that situation, survive, and end up thriving in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I want my business run. 
Yeah. If someone tries to sue me, I want to battle, and that's happened. I've been through some lawsuits. If 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 we have uh, an accident and something gets tore up, I want to be resilient and resourceful to figure it out. Yeah. I'll, you said something earlier about, I can't remember what it was, but it, it reminded me uh, about the food you eat. You know, we all think that we have like this awesome palate, like we have all these different foods. But every restaurant in Canton and Athens that you go to, there's always one thing that you get mm-hmm. or maybe two. Mm-hmm. So you can take all the food that you eat throughout a month. You eat pretty much the same things. So, so, uh, you know, people wonder like, you know, I'm in the fitness health industry, but they're like, man, I don't want to eat these same things because it's so boring. I was like, you eat the same things anyway. You just eat a lot of stuff and you don't even actually know what you're eating. Um, when you go to McDonald's, you probably order the same thing. I mean, I know I do. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You, you go to McDonald's to order that one thing that... <laughs> First got you hooked on McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. it's a Big Mac or a yeah. double quarter pounder. So we're creatures of habit. And, you know, the people that are really successful with, with uh, their diet, and they, they pretty much eat the same thing. They wake up, they have four eggs, three pieces of bacon, you know, and, and fruit. That's my prescribed breakfast. Mm-hmm. So prescribed breakfast for, at CrossFit Van Zandt or prescribed daily eating is this. If you're 200 pounds and you're 5'10", male like me, for breakfast, four eggs, three pieces of bacon, and like three pieces of fruit, usually strawberries. For lunch, oh yeah, and coffee black. Black coffee. I'm 37 years old. It's time for black coffee for a lot of people out there. You know how many people come to me and they're like, do you have any cream or sugar or any type of hazelnut or, you know, pumpkin spice or anything like that? It's like, how old are you? Well, I'm 41. Get off a of candy. Like, it's time to stop eating ice cream. <laughs> like, it's time to drink your coffee black because that's what it is. It's coffee. It's not ice cream. Well, people that put all that in there, they don't want coffee. They don't want they coffee. They want if you don't, sugar. If you don't like coffee, don't drink it. <laughs> people hate me for that. But I'm, and I'm being kind of silly when I'm saying that. But, you know, I hate things that are supposed to taste like something else. I hate beer that tastes like something like I have good friends that come and take it in Athens. Bess and Mike, they came over, we did a beer yeah, tasting. Yeah. They brought eight beers. We tasted them all. I liked one of them because it kind of tasted like beer. All the other ones, like one of them was pickle beer. It tastes like pickle juice, but it was fizzy and it was gross. I love pickles. Yeah. So I like beer that tastes like beer. I like coffee that tastes like coffee. So anyway, for lunch, let's get through this. For lunch... Any type of salad you want with meat on top of it. Yeah. And for dinner, a piece of meat at least as big as your fist, a green vegetable, and a and a starch like a sweet potato or or brown rice. You can why, change why up brown, that. Why brown rice versus white rice? Because of starches. Starches mm-hmm. are basically carbs. But if they're dark, they have fiber. So the starch moves through your body fast. Because if you eat a white potato, it doesn't have a lot of fiber or any at all, and it immediately turns into glucose. It immediately turns into sugar inside your body. Don't move out fast enough. It doesn't pass through. It it turns into sugar, which sugar, glucose, feeds your cells. 
but too much sugar produces too much insulin. When you, when you consume sugar, your pancreas makes insulin. Insulin is what is the avenue that allows glucose, aka sugar, to go into a cell and feed it. When you have too much, you take too much sugar or carbs in, there, too much insulin is produced and your cell receptors of your cells become numb to the insulin and doesn't let it come in. So excess glucose always turns into more fat cells. It creates more cells and makes you fat. Then, now you have too many cells and not enough sugar and your sugar, blood sugar drops. That's called type 2 diabetes. And that's what everybody's suffering from around here. It's because they eat too many high-processed carbs, meaning that good carbs are vegetables. That's good carb, carbohydrates. Carbs give you energy. Eat a Snickers bar, and for 30 minutes, you're doing karate like it's badass. And you crash. But you crash, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pop, and then you crash. And oh, yeah, that excess sugar is turning into fat. Mm -hmm. But if you eat... If you eat uh, vegetables, so complex carbohydrates, it'll last for four hours to your next meal. But simple carbs, you know, which are great if you're doing physical ex. If you're running from here to Athens and you hit a Snickers bar, like it's great because you immediately burn it off. Gone. But if it hangs around and turns into fat, if you don't do anything, mm -hmm. so that's why Gatorade. Gatorade is sugar water. It's great when you're playing a football game. But if you're just drinking Gatorade because you like the taste and you think it's healthy, like you're, you're just drinking sugar. You're making it in fat. It's like drinking a Coke, you know? Uh, but So, yeah, that's why sweet potatoes are naturally, also they're naturally sweetened and they're naturally flavored so you don't have to add a bunch of things like cream cheese, cheese, butter, chives. I salt, love some cheese too. Salt and pepper. All of these things. And that's why white rice, brown rice over white rice. Now, of course, you can obviously mess that up if you, you know, you put vegetable oil in there and fry it. Because vegetable oil is really high inflammatory uh, type thing. Uh, coconut oil and uh, avocado oil and stuff anti-inflammatory. Um, but yeah, you know, in my problem personally getting on a personal level is I drink too much beer so I try to regulate I try to knock my beer consumption down by trying to hold it to the weekend or you know drink a beer if I if I have like a you know a couple of hours of drinking drink a beer and then drink a LaCroix or a Topo Chico and then drink a beer and then drink a LaCroix or to Topo Chico uh, but I struggle with that you know I feel like I'd have like this amazing six pack if I didn't drink beer at all Probably, tr probably true. Because I usually eat pretty well. I've come to terms with I'm willing to sacrifice that amazing six pack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <And> frankly, <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> I just lo I, I love my beer, man. Yeah. I, I, I've tried. I, I, every year we'll do. You know, we do a whole a, thirty. Yeah, yeah, we do a whole thirty challenge, and and it's no beer. Yeah. And we do it successfully, but overall, I'm happier. I can sacrifice my diet too. Like I yeah. have no problem doing that compared to the beer. Yeah. Yeah. I'd kind of, you know, if I did have an amazing six bag, I think I would feel kind of like, kind of uh, like a weirdo. Yeah. Cause they'd be like, what does this guy do? Like he has the Tupperware full of food all the time and like yeah. doesn't drink. And well, yeah, I guess you're right. You have a, a saying that 
I can't even remember how you phrase it, but basically the premise of the saying is you've got to be able to just do it as a lifestyle. So this extreme dieting and this gimmick dieting over here, none of those are lifestyle friendly. Yes. And that's what I love about your philosophy in CrossFit. It's this can be a lifestyle and that's kind of the, my beer is my lifestyle. It is when a, a thing, but my I, breakfast is yeah. I love eggs. I love bacon. Right. I like a steak. We love sweet potatoes and we love salad. Yeah, it's it fits. But yeah, it has to be sustainable. It, a, a crazy fad diet or some some shake that some you know girls selling that you're like, ooh, I'm good on that. This well, shake, it's not the shake; it's it, how many you can get in your downline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some multi-level <laughs> marketing thing. There's no shake. There's no magic shake that'll work. And and if it did work, like, are you just gonna drink those shakes for the rest of your life? What if you had to go camping or something? You had no shakes. Yeah, like how you, those shakes for, how, how you for, gonna live? You're gonna you drink know? those shakes for thirty days. You're gonna be so sick of them. You're like, I earned a week's worth of McDonald's, <laughs> and you're gonna blow all of it. <laughs> yeah, you have to eat things that you like. Yeah, I mean, you ha- and you have to just modify, and you gotta exercise every day besides yeah. Sunday. I mean, you have to move. If you have a very physical job, you don't have to exercise. Now you need to cross train because you need to do this because you're not doing. Unless your job is a cross trainer, like CrossFit, like mine, like that's literally mm-hmm. my job. But I still work out because I'm not hitting everything as I'm coaching. I'm not hitting all the stuff that the people are hitting. And, you know, if you have a physical job, you know, say like building a railroad or, you know, whatever, you know, climbing something. If you're you know. setting concrete forms or you're yeah. tying rebar, you're, you're picking stuff up and, and putting it on the ground. I yeah. mean, yeah, but you still need to do But you still, you're not getting yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, you're not, you might be not getting cardio, you know. So, anyway, yeah. And we've hit a lot of different topics today. We got to talk about one thing. Okay. Eddie Van Halen passed away. Yeah. Guitar legend. Um, Icon. Yeah. It's crazy, man. We're getting we're getting up we're getting up in age, man. People are people are dying. Tell him like Axl Rose better be in a padded room. Cause, you know, he's probably the same age, maybe a little younger than Eddie Van Halen, but that's my favorite. But you know, my favorite Eddie Van Halen thing was the, the guitar solo on Beat It. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I'm you know, I'm not a big Van Halen fan. I like I like the song Running with the Devil. Uh, I usually play that in CrossFit class. It's not very, uh, and then, Christian and then a couple of people in there are like, oh, "What's he saying? <laughs> running with the devil?" <laughs> I live my life. I'm not a huge Van Halen fan either. Like of their music, I liked yeah. a few of their songs, but I highly respect Eddie Van Halen's guitar yeah. discipline. Well, he came up with the whole uh, the tapping, right? Yeah, yeah. That made that. I mean, probably didn't invent it, but he made that like mainstream. He just did things on the guitar that no one had really heard before. Yeah. And he did it so well, it just blew up. Yeah. And, and that, everyone wanted to emulate him and be like him. And I, res- I respect anyone that has, because it takes a certain level of not being afraid of rejection to yeah. get there. Every great thing you do that's especially new that hasn't been done before, mm-hmm. there's an element of fear of being rejected for doing that. Mm-hmm. And he, anyone that overcomes that, my hat is ex- like starting a CrossFit gym in Canton. Yep. Or starting a, const- I mean, just whatever. Just any, t- it, it, humans are 
loaded with fear and overcoming it is yeah. really the key to success. And I, I love to see people overcome their fear and create something new. Um, That's true. I love it. Yeah, Van Halen. I mean, there's a, if you've never heard it, there's a, on YouTube, there's a, well, it's more David, David Lee Roth, but I guess running with the devil. There's a, there's some audio track out there of just David Lee Roth's vocals with no music. And it's just like, running with the devil. It's the funniest thing ever. It's just like, I mean, I mean, you got to listen to it. David Lee Roth running with the devil <laughs> vocal tracks. He guys, that guy was crazy. And, uh, he, of course he's still alive. Um, then they went to Van Hagar. So Sammy Hagar, which is kind of better, but then not another as, version not of the crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then they had Gary Sharon from extreme was the singer for like a year. I think of Van Halen. I think they went back to David Lee Roth from time to time and then Hagar a little bit, but I think Van Halen was just a little too old for me. It, you know, like I, I came in and like Panama was like, or jump, just sounded too old for me. I, I liked think. Hot for Teacher. Yeah. I liked yeah, um, Hot for Teacher. I had a cousin God who was five me, years older than me. me. Yep. He was a massive Van Halen guy. Mm -hmm. So when we would hang out, I, of course, idolized him because he was older and he had Van Halen. He had loud pipes on his Chevy truck. <laughs> and I was like, man, this guy's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Turns out not so much, but yeah. <laughs> it, nevertheless. At the time. Yeah, at the time, man. And so that's what got me on the kind of the Van Halen thing of, wow, I, you know, we heard eruption. He's like, gotta hear this. And it was just like shredding the guitar, you know. Yeah. It was. It was good. It was inspiring as a kid, uh, being a musician, to have that idol of a you know something to look up to and something cool to aspire mm -hmm. to be. Even though I didn't even like, I don't care for that style of music that much. Eighties rock, um, more of a nineties guy, um, but it influenced me in a in a good way. Yeah. So here's to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. I guess his, his brother's still alive. Alex the Alex Van Halen was the drummer. I think so. I brother. think his brother's the one that just did a, a huge tribute, put some kid photos on there, and uh, yeah, I was reading about it this morning. Wow! But sixty-five years of getting to play the guitar, um, it's pretty pretty damn awesome life. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think he smoked too. Yeah, right. uh, he always had a cigarette stuck in the. Headstock yeah, of the guitar. He probably contributed to his throat cancer. Yeah. yeah. You got to admire people that, that still smoke uh, at this at the year 2020. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, I admire them for not vaping. You know, because you got a lot of people out there vaping. Like, if you vape, man, like, I don't know, man. That's, that's terrible. Obviously, smoking's terrible. But, like, we know it will kill you. And people are still just letting it rip, man. Just ripping it. Well, that goes back to the, I think, the human brain. The human brain wants pleasure more than they want life or years. Yeah. Every time they get that dopamine hit when they hit that cigarette, it's better than, I'll tell you, I'll sacrifice a lot, a year or so for yeah. that, you know? I mean. And then they take, a, they take a rip and they pull it out and they go, 
let it out. I think I say something's got to die from something. That's exactly right. And then they, the best thing, I think the best cigarette thing you can do is take a, take a drag of a cigarette, hold it between your two fingers and point to something with that cigarette hanging out, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. You're just like pointing over there. I mean, that's just a, I mean, maybe you're, you're a framer, you're working in construction and you're pointing like, no, I told you 16 inches and I don't know. If the, you're a kid, real, don't start. The don't real smoke. cool yeah. smokers, they take the pack out and they have a ritual. They take the pack, they slap it, right. pack it, pack, pack it the in. whole pack, yeah. flip the lid up, pull one out, and they stick it loosely in their lips where it's flopping around. It's flopped, yep, when you're Stuck talking. Stuck to the moist lip, you know? Yeah. The scene in Batman where Batman comes down and that mm-hmm. guy, the, the criminal's talking to the other one, has a cigarette dangling, and he's like, yeah. look, there ain't no bat. And Batman's standing right behind him. And he had that cigarette just yeah. dangling. Or you know, like you know, Marble Man. Uh, you know, like you drink a cigarette. You know, and you know, there was a time when in the army I had a few cigarettes. You know, like I'd have a drinking beer and have a cigarette. You know, like oh, I only drink when I smoke, or I only smoke when I drink type thing. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt it just crushes your lungs and gives you cancer. So yeah. that sucks, right? It does. Um, and it stinks. Oh, it's so stinky, man. You, you know, it screws up houses. Like, I have a bunch of rental houses, and, you know, people, they'll smoke in there, even though I say clearly, do not smoke in my it house. It screws up it, your voice, too. Like, you smoke till you're yeah. 50 or 60, you gotta be talking like this, <laughs> you know? Well, John Mellencamp's still ripping them. Like, you, John Mellencamp will still do an interview and refuse to not smoke during the interview, like on, so I'm on 60 Minutes or something. But, yeah, man, it, that's addicting, you know, just like... But hey, we're talking crap about people addicted to cigarettes, but but a lot of people are addicted to food, man. More people are addicted to food. Uh, oh, I'll tell you a good one. Uh, Cokes. Dr. Peppers. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's just I as watch bad people as all day long drink Dr. Pepper after Dr. Pepper after Dr. Yeah. Pepper, go into Mr. D's, get a fountain drink nothing, this tall. Nothing gets you fat and sick like drinking Dr. Pepper. I haven't had a Dr. Pepper... Or Coke or any, I don't know what, it was, soda. Yeah. In about 10 years. Yeah. Well, you know, when you hit that much sugar, man, it just makes you, um, ah, it's, it's, it's so. just extremely addictive. Yeah. People love that sugar rush in the mornings, yeah. coupled with the caffeine. So the American Heart Association, um, prescribes like the average male adult should consume 38 grams of sugar every day 24 hour period 38 grams and there's 40 grams in a can of coke which coca-cola pepsi kellogg's donate you know millions and billions of dollars to the american heart association and the cdc so their money is in these these federal health science organizations which cater to them just like a politician would and they have their guidelines according to whatever they need. So it's okay to have one cup. And that's how they get by. That's why they give them so much because they should say you have no cokes because there's 38 grams of sugar in all the other stuff that you're eating. 
And that one Coke just puts you over the edge. And, uh, yeah, but as far as food addiction, people are like, well, let's go on vacation. Where do y'all want to eat? Let's go eat here. And then whenever here, when we're finished here, let's figure out what we're going to eat for dinner. And I think food addiction happens from a young age when you're like, all right, finish your plate or, hey, good job. You made straight A's. I'm taking you for ice cream or we'll take you out to eat for this. It's like a so sor- you're saying we associate it with pleasure, a good memory. Pleasure. Yeah. And so people feeling bad, they want to cheer up, so they eat and people get addicted, man. And it's like, I'm eating, you know, I hate my life or I hate my job. I just want to go to lunch somewhere and like take my mind off of it and eat all this food instead of taking food for what it should be is fuel. It should just be like air, but instead it's turned into this, this whole thing. And, and if you're okay being obese, like it's fine. But don't act like you're not addicted to food, just like so-and-so is addicted to cigarettes or beer, alcohol or porn or any of these other addictions out there. Why isn't obesity used as a political tool like COVID, for instance? How many people die every year just simply because they're obese and they wreck their heart and their body eating too much food? here's, Here's another thing about obesity, though, is... Um, obesity doesn't happen first and then you get sick. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, it's the high processed carbohydrates or it's the sugar that you can, let's just call it sugar. It's the sugar that you eat gets you sick at the same time as you get fat. So you get, you're getting fat, but you're, you're, uh, you're getting high blood pressure. You're getting your, your arteries are getting clogged, uh, congestive heart failure, you're getting fluid around your heart. All of these things are happening while you're getting obese. It's not like you get obese and you're like, man, I need to lose some weight or I might get have some real health problems in the future. No, that's, that's just, it, that happens at the same time all these other things are happening. So the best thing you can do is stop eating sugar and then exercise every day and then you can reverse that stuff. Um, sugar also grows cancer. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it doesn't necessarily cause cancer, although that it, it, it what well, Siri trying to talk to me? Uh, Siri's trying to get on it, his podcast. Um, it doesn't necessarily cause cancer, although that, that can probably be argued that it does. But man, once it, once you have cancer, like that's, that's, that's fueling it, you know, just like, like I said, glucose, you know, mm-hmm. fuels cells and, um, anyway, How'd we get on that, man? Man, we've been all over the place. <laughs> First of all, we haven't really got to sit down and have a conversation in, well, over a month. Yeah, thanks, so, to, thanks to the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Corona. I didn't watch the vice president debates last night. Did you watch it? I watched um, I watched a little bit of it. I watched them kind of come out of the corona right into the economic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pence, man, he... I thought he did a pretty good job. He was kind of low key, but never talked, or very rarely talked over Kamala, Ka- Kamala Harris, and um, but it was just, I don't know. I, I, you, you hear them both talk about the coronavirus, and of course, 
the Democratic side is saying that we didn't do enough. We didn't do enough. It was the president's fault. We got 210,000 people dead. Didn't do enough. Didn't do enough. They segue right out of that into the economy. And they're like, we got to get more jobs. We got to get more jobs. But they just got through telling us we got to shut the country down. Got to yeah. shut the country down. Got to shut businesses down. Yeah. We got to be safe and save more lives. And then they're in the next breath, they're saying, we got to get the economy going. We got to get jobs. How do we get jobs created if we're shut down? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, yeah, it, man. It's nutty. It, Pence, I think the headline from looking at social media, which I do too much of, he had a fly on his head at one point. And that fly, <laughs> everybody's like, hell. Well, in every news feed this fly morning. knows bullshit when it smells it, you know, or whatever mm-hmm, they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just who knows what's going to happen, man. If they're going to let people mail it in, is Biden going to win? Is Trump going to win? I don't know, man. Sam, here's, here's one thing I want to know, and I want it made known on this podcast. Here mm. in America... We're going to survive and we're going to thrive. Yeah. We, we have a knack as Americans. It's in our culture. It's in our DNA. If it gets hard enough, we unite. We help each other get over obstacles. We help each other in life. We help each other financially. Mm-hmm. We help each other. So regardless how the election goes, we're going to make it. Yeah, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep trucking. Right. Don and I did that tough mutter race a couple of... Well, I guess it was a year ago. Yeah. It was 12 miles, bunch of obstacles, bunch of mud. Mm-hmm. I, I ran with, you know, mud up and... Chafed. Yeah, my butt cracked and <laughs> every other crevice. I jumped in a tub of ice and water and swam under for a while. We did a bunch of things, but the premise of that was, before we ever got started, was if anyone needs help, you stop and help them. Yes. And a lot of those obstacles were designed... To not be able to be done on your own. Yeah. You could not do it on your own. You had to rely on a perfect stranger. Mm-hmm. So when we get to that, Don and I, we're seeing this one obstacle. It's a steep, steep climb. You have to grab a rope, and the people at top have to grab the rope and pull you up. You have to trust them. Don and I, we never stopped them and asked them what a po- uh, political affiliation right. they were. We didn't give a shit. Yeah, who cares? We saw them as humans. They were helping us out. We helped them out. Then we helped the next people. I learned a lot from that, and that's, I feel like our media and our politics are just corrupting the true American spirit, and that is, we're a helpful nation. We like to help other countries. We like to help, we like to connect, and I feel like that the politics is trying to crush the connection. Human beings, at at the core, they want to connect. Yeah, and I think you're right, man, and thanks for saying that, and if if I were the president right now and all this stuff happened, I would have, you know, I'm sure Trump has done this at a certain level, but I would have the leader of, of Black Lives Matter, the leader of Antifa, the leader of every organization, the parents of George or Floyd. Uh, is it George Floyd? Yeah, George yeah. Floyd. Um, I'd have them all to the White House. And we'd sit down, man, like, how can we help? You know, what do we need to do, to, you know, and have a conversation. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to communication. 
and connection everybody getting heard and um when you stop talking that's what well, they're going to see their ways and they're going to listen to all the stuff I'm saying on the side over here and they're going to say, you know what, he's right. I'm going to change my attitude about it. No, they're not. You got to communicate face to face and um, there just needs to be more more of that. And I, We're going to be fine. If, if Biden wins, if Trump wins, we're going to be fine. As a country, it's still the best country in the world. Still. There's no better place to live, raise a family, Start a business. Um, no doubt. I mean, we have the best stuff, man. Yeah. Apple phone, iPhone, I, I, Apple Watch. Your phone. I mean, uh, I used the calculator yesterday. Like, f- man, I got a calculator, a flashlight, internet, music player. And you know it's what? It's crazy. I don't give a crap of the political affiliation of the products I buy. I buy them strictly if they're badass. If the product's badass, it's functional, it lasts, it's durable, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to let politics keep me from having a great product just because I don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Rarely do I like to talk because I don't care about politics as much, but we're all because of social media, I think we're all more in the loop and it's mm-hmm. all in our face more than it used to be. So everybody's informed. Even your cousin that works at McDonald's is knows about like, he knows oh, what man, he's been you see, told or heard. Do you see Kamala Harris say this? You know, it's like, yeah. well, you wouldn't have known that if it wasn't on your Facebook feed and, and your, and your cousin that works at Mr. D's wasn't, you know, saying that or, you know, whatever. Um, Oh, back to that politics thing. I feel like if you're not 100% red or 100% blue, you're dog crap. Yeah. And that's wrong, too, because I'm not. I'm not 100% red. No, no, no. And I'm not 100% blue. And I don't think the majority of people in the United States really are. They're not. That's a falsity that we need to get away from that... Well, we were talking about that. It's like, what? why do you not have a Trump flag hanging, flying at your house or on your truck? Why do you not have a Trump sticker? And not to talk bad about it or a Biden sticker or a Biden flag. It's like, I like, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, but I'm not so willing to have that I'm going to like have a flag or a sticker because that, that means it's, there's no communication actually talking to book about this on the, on the yeah. model. Yeah. So if I, if I have a Trump flag flying, that means there's no room for discussion on this. You know, like there's no, that's an absolute, there's no debating. Yeah. This guy's this way. And, uh, now if you run for office locally, I will have your sign just because you're my friend, you know, I'm supporting you. You need the help. You know, they don't need it. Never, this is going to be a red state. We know that, but that's just a it's a statement saying yeah. like I'm not. There's no room for discussion yeah. here. I'm I'm all in, which is okay if you are, but uh, it's po- it's you know it's polarizing. Polarizing it's, for it's, sure. And I you know, have definitely have a lot of friends that are going to vote for Biden, and you know I'll have friends all. Thank God I have friends all over the country and all over the world, and. Um, so it sounds like a brag, but 
I love these people, man. And, and I hope they respect my views as I respect theirs. I totally respect theirs. And, uh, I'm the same way. We, I have family that is going to vote for Biden and they believe more liberal than I do. But that's the beauty of living in America. I, everybody shouldn't think in the same way. I, I yeah, I respect them, and and I'm not gonna we're not chastise them yeah. for their belief or hate them or not associate with them because of their political belief and affiliation. We're all different. That's it's what a, makes America. It's like America. fans of music, man. Yeah, you know, like everybody's not supposed to like the '90s alt rock, even yeah. though it's the best music yeah, ever. Right. I love Prince. Like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't worship Prince and Guns and Roses. I don't even want to talk to you. you know, if you don't hate you? Yanni, <laughs> yeah. we cannot be friends. <laughs> right. One of my friends, Amanda, Amanda Payne was like, I love pentatonics. That's is, the gayest shit ever. <laughs> 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 which if you're gay and you like gay stuff, that's fine. But it is. It's we fruity. It's fruity. But we do love but you. But it is terrible. It is. It's the, terrible. The, it's, it's the group that sings all... Uh, acapella. Acapella singing. They yeah. sing other people's songs, acapella. And it's over-processed, too. It's, it's not like seeing a group out there. Every Christmas, it's, there's a Christmas album. Yeah. And it's like, well, we have the pentatonics here. It's like, I want to jump off a cliff. Don loves that stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, you know, secretly, part of me hates her for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, back to that. I got to confess. So Don's immune system is a little more superior than mine. She did have less symptoms than I did in COVID, so... I gotta oh, give her. Good. I gotta give her a little credit where credits due. Yeah. Um, I didn't clarify that earlier, but. Well, good. Well, Don. Uh, cheers to you for having a more robust uh, immune system than Dan. I can't remember what the score is, Dan versus you on just all things. I think you're a little ahead of him, though. I think she probably is ahead of me. Yeah. But I'm not gonna give up. I'm not going to lose hope. Yeah. I'm going to keep, you know, fighting the good fight. All right. Well, what else? Tell me about the the ranch. Give me an update. This ranch? Yeah, this ranch right here. The the Lost Coyote um, Ranch. Lost Coyote Ranch? Yeah, I mean, it's been a month and a half since I've had an update. I know that um, things are moving. I see the fields are mowed. Yeah. Um, the dirt, some dirt's been moved. Dirt's been moved. Yeah. yeah. And also washed out again. Oh, no. But not as bad as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's an update. Um, I've been getting more and more people booking hunts. So mm-hmm. we have several weekends, like this weekend, people are coming. Uh, the weekend of the Tribute to Heroes competition is booked. Uh, there's a few other weekends that are booked and these people are going to be hunting deer, I think also hogs. Um, we're enjoying that. I'm not, I'm not taking it too seriously. Like I'm keeping some weekends open and stuff, but I've turned it into like a thing and hopefully we get some people that are regulars. I've already had, I've already had my first people come back for the second time and that's always easier because they always, they know the land. You don't have to give them a tour again. You know, you don't have to like, well, there's an element of trust too. There's you know? an element of trust. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I like it. Um, Freckles has, I think, I know that she's killed two because she brought them on the porch of my ducks. She 
brought a third one into the yard and I threw a, a, a Keystone Light beer bottle at her and she dropped it and the duck waddled off into the woods and I haven't seen that duck since. So I think she's killed all three. If she didn't kill it, the raccoons probably finished it off. Yeah. So we don't have any ducks anymore, which is sad because I liked them coming in the yard and feeding them and George liked them, had them all named, but yeah. Freckles has killed them. Freckles, though, has killed uh, two or three moles out of the yard, mm-hmm. uh, which are, I learned are toxic to dogs, but she still eats them and has fun. M- mainly plays with them, the carcass. Uh, some, she'll eventually end up eating them. Um, our cows are doing good. I'm trying to buy more cows. If you have any black Angus cows that you want to sell that are good quality, more than likely be interested in buying them uh, for the ranch. I'm trying to get... I'm trying to get like 10 or 15 good cows and a and a nice bull to kind of grow my herd. So I really found that I love these cows. Cows are great. Like I have Icky, number 930, mm-hmm. my black Angus cow named Icky, thanks to George. I can hug her. She's yeah. like a dog. Yeah. And uh, I've never been able to touch a cow before. And I like pet her, I scratch her back. And then Pay, the number 827, is, is more friendly. I can pet her on the head. Then I got Stormy, who is wild, and that's probably why somebody sold her, but she's a little wild, and she will not get near me, and I'll just put my hands up, and she runs, you know, so she'll be a little dangerous if I ever have to move her anywhere. Um, I love cows, man. I, I, I love watching them, and it's so relaxing just to sit on that porch and watch those cows, like, walk around, unless they, unless... Icky's hollering at me for for cattle cubes, which she will. She'll see me out there and she'll start moving, and uh, that's annoying. But anyway, I'll, I'll feed them. Yeah, just treat them like dogs. They're the happiest cows out here. So that's that's good. Cows are they are relaxing. I think it's just it's something that connects us. Yeah. With with a. You have some donkeys for sale. Is that is that right? Yeah, I got some bad news. So I had this oh, no. <clears throat> old donkey named Fiona. She actually had she had wet papers on her. She was a really nice donkey. Mm-hmm. Old. She just recently passed away. She died. Oh man. Yeah, but she had um, she had so <laughs> a neighbor's donkey got out on the highway. Yeah. Some nice good Samaritan saw it roam around on Highway 19 and decided that. It was probably ours, and yeah. they put it in there, and it was a male. So Fiona got pregnant, mm-hmm. had a had a son. Well, I got rid of that donkey. The neighbor finally fessed up that was his, and they came and got it. Well, then the son impregnated Fiona again, and he's got three inbred brothers. No, I'm sorry, two inbred brothers. They're all living together now without mom. She died. <laughs> Inbred so, donkeys, man. They kind of remind me of you remember that sh- that movie Multiplicity with uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. So when he cloned the clone, and yeah. they got you know that's kind of what these inbred donkeys remind me of. They they make a lot of racket and noise, <laughs> but they're they're cool. They're they're fun and uh, but yeah, I got two inbred donkeys for sale. Anybody how, looking for a much, good inbred donkey? How much before I start put it on the Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> how much for one inbred donkey? Well, you know, judging uh, Fiona was probably, you know, she was really good. Um, I mean, we're not going to refuse any legitimate offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 150 bucks. 
for one inbred donkey. You can have two for two fifty. Is that? Uh, we'll do two hundred. I think two hundred. Yeah, for two? we're almost doing buy one get one free. Okay. Inbred only. Bogo Stock. inbred donkeys at at the Morrow Farm. Yeah. Morrow Ranch. Um, well, that's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of wildlife. They killed hunters killed a sixty pound sow. Nice, nice size to to smoke a uh, hog the other day, and they skinned them up. Oh, cool! And um, I don't know if they've eaten them or what, but that was the first hunters to actually kill something. I had some hunters. Uh, one of the hunter hunting groups killed two squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't kill any hogs. They saw them, but they didn't kill any. Did they clean the squirrels? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. You ever eaten squirrel? No. Limb chickens? No, I don't think I've ever had a squirrel. Man, my grandma used to make some squirrel dumplings that were pretty good. Uh, I'd go kill the squirrels. She'd, I'd clean it out, and she'd she'd make it into some squirrel dumplings, and I always liked it. Pretty good? Yeah. Maybe I don't know if I like squirrel or if I like dumplings, but... <laughs> I think you like the dumplings. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um but that's it, man. I got you know, I can't keep up with the mowing. I've got a lot of mowing to do that I always kinda of put off. Yeah. Uh I've, but if you get more cows, that'll help. Yeah, and that's the kind of the the, yeah. the reason. I've got a I got poison, I got a sprayer from my ranger. I got poison, I've been poisoning the I got two I had sixty five gallons. I made all sixty five gallons and I should have made like twenty gallons. Where am I gonna spray all this? Because now I've got too much poison. I've poisoned everything I can and I still have stuff. I gotta get rid of it before I take that thing out of the ranger, the sprayer. So Inbred that, Donkey Ranch is just a, right down the road. <laughs> you want me to just drive down there and spray <laughs> something? Um if you have anything to kill. So I have all these thorn trees I've been killing yeah. spraying the crap out of Honey those. Locust. And I've been spraying on my fence rows. Those honey locust trees are so invasive, man. Yeah. And they will they will wreck your tires. Yes, I know. I've got three on flats on my tractor and on yeah. the ranger. Yeah. I've, I've bought <laughs> at least a hundred dollars in that green slime, slime yep. which I haven't had to replace a tire yet, thank God. But um. <laughs> anyway, well, Dan, thanks for being on today. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Let's go do something else fun. Let's do it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Protein Proletas, uh, Greg Garcia's company. We sell both. Of the, we sell those Proletas at CrossFit Van Zant and CrossFit Van Zant South. Hit him up at proletas.com, P-R-O-L-E-T-A-S.com. If you want to sell some at your gym or you want to just buy some in that pro- promo code, hit that up. Um, if you don't remember what it was, it's on the front of the episode. Thank you guys. Thanks for Van Zant Coffee. Thanks to Come and Take It in Athens. Thanks to Morrow Construction. Guys, till next time, have a good night. Bye bye.